to be here, God, and we just pray uh, that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified today. God, I pray for Brother Darrell as he brings your word in a, a little while. God, that you would just speak through him what you would have us to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
darkness you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your path in our lives, so we pour
again God I'm begging please again I need you Oh I need you Walking down these desert roads Water for my thirsty soul I need you Oh I need you Your forgiveness Is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy water on my Dead man walking, slave to sin I want to know about being born again I need you, oh God, I need you So take me to the riverside Take me under by the ties, I need you, oh God, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of a symphony to my ears, it's like holy water on my I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Oh, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips Like the sound of a symphony to my ears It's like holy water, your forgiveness through the book of Hebrews on Sunday and last week we did a message called backtrack and this week is backtrack two and then we'll get back to uh, the book of Hebrews 
next time. There was a story in the book of Acts, and that's where we'll turn, Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> There's a story that I used a few weeks ago about Peter and Cornelius. And I used it last week, and I'm going to use it uh, for the final time today, right now. So it'll be Acts chapter 10. If you have your Bible, turn with me, Acts chapter 10, 34 through 43. The uh, story of Peter going to Cornelius and his household and friends and preaching the gospel. And so that's what this morning is, is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Peter preached to that home. There's not going to be anything new, nothing that you haven't heard before. We're going to emphasize an, an old, old story. There may be somebody here who has never received the gospel, has never received Jesus as your Savior. Most of us here have, <clears throat> but so now we're on this, this walk and for the rest of our life with Jesus as our Savior, and we have to learn what that's like. So this is the gospel is for everybody. It's for those who have never received it, and it's for those like me who received it a long time ago, but I need to, uh, I need to allow that gospel to work in my life continually, every, every day. So the gospel, to me, never gets old, and it, it shouldn't get old. So anyway, Acts chapter 10, we're going to read, let's just read the text, and then I'll come back and emphasize verses 35 and verse 43. And there's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements if you'd like to use that. So, Acts chapter 10, let's begin verse 43. Peter opened his mouth, and he's preaching in the house of Cornelius. And he said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. I want to go back up to verse 35. We'll have it on the screen, and maybe you're, you're looking at it in your Bible. And so he, Peter begins the message to that household. But in every nation... Uh, Whoever fears him, fears God, and works righteousness is accepted by him. Stop right there. Why can't we just stop right there? Is that how a person's saved? Whoever fears him and, is, and uh, works righteousness is accepted by him. We've been talking about this a lot in the book of, book of Hebrews, going from the Old Testament law to the New Testament law. Why couldn't Peter just stop his sermon right there with verse 
what I say, verse 35. Uh, we'll go ahead and put, on, put up the next screen. He could have just stopped right there, but see, that's, that's nothing that Cornelius didn't already know. And that's nothing that any Jew or, and a lot of Gentiles, because Cornelius was a Gentile, kind of acting like a Jew. There's nothing in that verse that, that Cornelius didn't all, already know. I need to try to be as good as I can. I need to fear God. I need to be as righteous as I can. And if you, if you remember as we backtracked last week, if you go back to the first part of chapter 10, how Cornelius prayed, he, he, uh, he gave, gave alms. He was a really good guy. And Peter, so Peter should have been able to stop the message right there. But why didn't he? Because it won't work. Whoever fears God and, and works righteousness is accepted by him. That's the problem. That's the problem. Cornelius couldn't fulfill that role. And you can't fulfill that role. And I can't fulfill that role. As we said often in, in different ways, but I'll just come out and say it again. As we go from the Old Testament law to the New Testament law, why do we need to make that shift? There's nothing wrong with the law. There's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with the law. It's a, it's a perfect law, perfect law. The problem is me, and I can't keep it. Now, I might get pretty close. I've used the illustration before. If you drop me out a few miles offshore in the ocean, I'm not a real good swimmer. Uh, I can keep myself alive for, uh, for, for, for a little while. But if you drop, me, if you drop all of us several, several miles offshore in the ocean and said, now swim for it, I'm, I'll never make it. Okay? Now, you might make it further than I I'm, I'm not sure if my sister-in-law ever watches this, but my sister-in-law was a... Uh, on the swim team in school, in high school, okay, and we were at her house, and she's got a she got an Olympic sized pool, and and I and dummy me, I know how to swim a little bit. I said, uh, let's race, you know, let's race, and uh, so we're at one end, jump jump in, race to the other end. We jump in, you know how you jump in, you come up, and then you start swimming. When I came up, I looked, she's already at the other end. I'm not lying. Uh, okay, I can swim a little bit, and you can swim a little bit. You drop us in the ocean. You, you'll outswim me, but you're not going to make it to shore. You can't swim that far. And you can use, you can use analogy after, after analogy. I'm, I'm pretty good. You're pretty good. And I, I, th I think it was last week. I asked you the question that everybody in the room knows the answer to. Is there anybody in the room who's perfect? Is there anybody in the room who thinks they are? Of course not. I, I, don't, I don't meet anybody who thinks they are. That's the problem. So the first part in, in this verse, the reason Peter can't stop here is because that is all about achieving. But it can no longer stop here because we can't do it. So instead of stopping the message, when he walks into to Cornelius' home, he, he doesn't say, all right, I want you all to, to fear God, and I want you to be really good. I want you to fear, I want you to be really good, and I want you to be as good as you can be. 
Cornelius would have been the first room, uh, first, first man in the room to raise his hand and said, uh, we've already been trying that. And I still don't feel that, 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 that forgiveness in my heart. I we'll go on in the book of Hebrews chapter 9. My conscience still, con still condemns me. I still don't feel peace. I still don't feel forgiveness because I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to be good, but no matter how hard I try, I'm still not perfect. I might be better than some. I'm not as good as some others. I'm just not perfect, and no matter how hard I try, I can't be. The law is, but I'm not. And so the message does not stop at verse 35. It starts there. I want everybody in the room to realize this to, to, today. And some of us need to take a step back, examine ourselves, look at ourselves. You're not perfect. That's the problem. You need Jesus. You're not perfect. That's the problem. You need Jesus. You've done a lot of good things, but you have sinned also. All of us have. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have. Not some of us have. All of us have. And that's where we take the step back. Well, you know, doesn't my good deeds overcome my bad? No, it doesn't. I use, I've used Bart so many times in this illustration, and it's not Bart's fault because he's never hit my truck with his truck, okay? But let's just say that my truck is parked in the, in the, in the church parking lot Okay, I've been uh, going to church here for 27 years. I park my truck in the church parking lot every week. Bart's been going here that, that long too. And Bart comes into the church every week. He never hits my truck with his truck. But this morning, let's say Bart hit my truck with his truck. I said, Bart... I'm sorry, Bart. I've just, I don't know why I picked you out. I just always do th this with you. Bart, I said, Bart, you hit my truck with, you know, with your truck. You, you hit my truck. You need to pay for it. Bart said, no. I, we've been going to church here for 27 years. I've never hit your truck. Doesn't that count? Isn't it okay? Bart said, yeah, sure. I mean, Bart, you know, on Bart's side, Man, I've been, and I promise I'll never hit it again. I haven't hit your truck for 27 years. I promise I'll never hit your truck again. So is it okay? Can, can we just call it good? What am I going to say? No, Bart, have you lost your mind? No. Why? Because all the, all the years you didn't hit my truck, all those good deeds, do they, over, do, do they overcome? Do they overtake? Do they pay for the bad? No. That's crazy. It doesn't work like that. It never has. It never will. All the good you've done does not cover the bad. That bad has to be paid for. That's the, that's the economy of God. Every sin must be paid for, and I can't do it. So Jesus can. Jesus can, and Jesus does. So it starts with 35, but it doesn't end there because it can never end there because we can't do it. So let's go on down. We've already read the text, but let's go on down to 43. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to take a little bit of a break, just a little bit right here. And uh, look at verse 36. And I'm not going to stay here long. This is, not, this is not the gospel part of it so much as it is kind of a discipleship thing. So in verse 36, Peter preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Here's the phrase. He is Lord of all. He is Lord. Now, this is a discipleship thing. 
as you accept Jesus, he, he wants to be, needs to be, wants to be, needs to be Lord of all. Lord of all. Okay, look at what Peter said as he preached to that group. Now, in my Bible, it's right across the page. We're going to put this on the screen, but look at verse 14. Go backward. Look at verse 14. Now, 14 is not in Cornelius' house. He's up on the rooftop. Jesus says to Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Remember that? The sheep came down, all the animals. Barbecue, okay? Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Verse 14, Peter said, not so, Lord. You see the difference? In verse 36, he's preaching to Cornelius' house. He he is Lord, he is Lord of all. In verse 14, Peter says, no, that's a contradictory statement. Not so, Lord. What's he, what's he say? No, Lord. No, Lord. Is Jesus Lord of your life if you say no? The answer is no. Is Jesus Lord of your life if you ever tell him no? The answer is no. He's not. Okay? That's a discipleship thing. Let's move on. Down to 43. 35 was what we achieve, which is not much. Verse 43, as we'll see here in a minute, if you're looking on your outline, we'll eventually put this up. Verse 43 is what we receive. Salvation is not about achieving. Salvation is about receiving. Verse 43, again, Peter ends the message, the gospel. To him, all the prophets, to Jesus, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. What's remission? Forgiveness. Whoever believes in him will receive Forgiveness of sins. A couple verses we're going to put on the screen. They're listed there in your outline. Acts 4.12. There's neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's through his name. There's not salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's salvation in his name. And then that issue of believing and receiving, the best verse I know of is John 1, 12. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. But as many as received him, to them gave you the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. I want you to see, before we put the next screen up, I want you to see, in fact, Matt, let's, let's just leave that for right now, and I'll, I'll kind of let you know when to switch. But I want you to see that receive, that believe, and believe and receive, those, those two things. What does believing in Jesus' name? It's receiving. <clears throat> if you're here this morning, and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, this is the gospel. 
It's not going to, there's not going to be salvation in any other way. It's not going to come any other way. It's not going to come by anyone else. It's not going to come by you trying harder. Salvation is not going to come by you trying to be better. Salvation is not about what you can do. It's receiving what Jesus has done. It is throwing up your hands, so to speak, and say and saying, you know what, I've given up. I'm, it's not that we're trying to talk you into not being good. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just that realization that all my effort to be good is still not good enough because it's not perfect. And so it's throwing up our hands and say, I'm, I've come to that point in my life where I, I want to receive, I need to receive, I want to receive what Jesus has done for me. I'm a Christian because I want to be. I'm a Christian because I want to be. I want that. I don't want to be who I was. I don't want to go back to the, to the old life. I want what Jesus has for me. So I receive him. So I give up. I give up myself. I give up the right to myself. And I say, Jesus, I receive you. If there's anyone here who has never received Jesus as their Savior, at the end, we're going to have a, have a prayer time like we always do. And I want you to come, and I want you to receive him, okay? So there, there very well could be some here who have never received Jesus as your Savior. You're throwing up your hands, say, I give up, Jesus, come into my life, okay? A lot of us, though, we have done that, and so Matt, let's just go ahead and put the next screen up. The thing that saves us keeps us saved. What happens is Christians, though, we, f we forget. And most of us in the room are going to fall into this group. We forget along the way who Jesus, you know, not that we f completely forget, put him out of our mind, but we, Paul writes a lot of books about, about Christians who start going backward. And they, they, uh, are putting so much credit in their own struggle and their own trying to be good. It's, it's easy to slowly and very, uh, very slowly go backward and begin to think, well, but I just need to try harder. I need to be better. Well, I understand that. I want to try harder and I want to be better too. I want to be a better person than what I was, but I've got to remind myself and remember and remind myself again, but, but man, it's, that's not what saved you, and that's not got what got you where you are. It's what Jesus is doing in you, not what you're doing, but what Jesus is doing in you. And sometimes I've just got to step back again and throw up my hands and say, Jesus, I just, it, we're not at all talking about being saved again. I don't, I don't, I don't preach that, but it's just a realization again of who Jesus is, what he's done for me, and I find myself slipping backward, trying to do it on my own, trying to be, you know, better, trying to be good instead of just saying, Jesus, I need to allow you to do it through me because that's, all, that's, the only, that's where it started. It started that uh, day when I asked Jesus to save me, and it's still that. And it's still that. Where I asked Jesus to save me, but I'm still, I'm still asking him to work through me. Jesus, come in and be my Lord. The thing that saves us keeps us saved. We've all failed. 
Let's go ahead, Matt, and put that last screen up. Grace never was fair, never will be. Praise the Lord. So when I fail, when I sin, even as a Christian, I come to the Lord again and say, Lord, I failed, I messed up. I can't pay for that because I know that you did. That's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. It's grace. Grace isn't fair. It's God paying a debt that you owed. It's God paying a sin that, paying for your sin that he didn't sin. That's not fair. No, it's not fair. It's grace. And I need that again. And I need that again. Here, here it is. For some of us in the room, things have been going on in our life. We, we're, we fail. We've sinned. We've come short. And we feel so bad about it sometimes that I think sometimes we feel like, well, if I, you know, I've got, I've got to somehow pay for that. I've got to somehow pay God back for that. That's not grace, though. That's works. But that's not fair. It's not fair. It's grace. And so it's me and it's you coming back to the Lord again, saying, Lord, I failed, I messed up, but I admit my sin. I failed, I messed up, I admit my sin. And Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. You know, that's what 1 John 1, 9 says, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's not, it's not me doing it, it's Jesus doing it through me. Grace never was fair and, and never, never will be, praise the Lord. I want to put one quote up on the screen, just the, the last one that's on your, on your outline. Christians who do not still find God's grace amazing need to take an honest look at his or her own sinfulness. Any long-time Christian who does not still find God's grace amazing needs to take an honest look at his or her own sinfulness. Taking a real hard look at grace and what Jesus has done for us. I'm going to ask Dan Daniel Watkins going to come up. and Let's go ahead and have the musicians coming up too. We're going to do this in a little different way though. Because I'm, I really want to drive this point home. And I don't know what uh, God's doing right now. But I want to give you a chance to, uh, to, to respond to it. Dan Daniel, give me a second here. Let's just, uh, I intentionally want to take this slow. If you're here this morning have never received Jesus as your Savior, that's what this time is for. If you're here this morning and you have received Jesus as your Savior, but you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with a, a lifestyle or an addiction or you're just struggling with sin, I, I do, I do. And the truth is everyone in the room should raise their hand, we just don't but you're struggling with, a, with sin somehow, and you've fallen back into that old trap of trying to pay for it yourself instead of just receiving the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. Amazing grace. Any long-term Christian who doesn't find grace amazing, you've, you're not looking at it right. It's Jesus paying the price 
for a debt that he didn't doesn't know. It's grace. But I want to receive it. I, I, I want to receive that. Dan, Daniel's going to sing. I'm going to just ask you to stay in your seat a, a little bit. Dan, Daniel's going to sing the first line to Amazing Grace. We're going to have the words on the screen. I want you to look really closely at those words. And then look at what Jesus is doing in your life right now. And then we're going to pray. We're going to have our, have our prayer time and give you a chance to come. If you've never received Jesus, this is the time to come. If you have received Jesus, but just need to talk to him again about some things, if you need to receive that grace again, and again, and again, then we're going to invite you to come. Look at the words real closely as he sings this very familiar song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Okay. Like for you stand. If you need to come, want to come and pray, just talk, talk to Jesus about anything. If you need to receive him, first time if you need to receive the grace again and again and again if you need to come pray then that's that's what this is for come come and pray